Greetings, my friends, and welcome back to the Idiot's Toolbox. I am your ambassador of idiocy, Ryan Hercules. Those of you that listen to the show know that I don't do idle chit-chat. Not because I'm an antisocial bore, but because I don't have your attention for very long. So let's jump right into it. Have any of you ever ridden a public bus in the last, I don't know, ever? No one wants to ride the public bus, right? Have you ever seen the faces of the people? Have you ever seen the faces of people on a public bus? These are not happy faces. These are not people that just had avocado toast for breakfast. The faces of people on a public bus, they're creased with the misery that life can drop on you. Seriously, if you're on a bus, you're there for one reason and one reason only, lack of transportation options. You don't have any better choices. Of course, a car would be better than riding a city bus. Certainly a motorcycle would be better. Jesus, even driving a tuk-tuk would be better than being on a city bus. I'm not shitting you. Riding a unicycle down the middle of the street is a better choice than riding a public bus. If any of you ever have the misfortune of riding a bus, you're on that bus because you don't have a better option. It is your transportation equivalent of a last resort. If you've ever seen a happy person in your life, you know, some guy just cheerfully whistling a tune with a big ear-to-ear grin on his mug, he didn't step off of a city bus. If you've ever seen a well-dressed person they didn't just step off a bus. If you've ever seen anyone that finished high school, they didn't just step off of a bus. There are in the bus world different durations of torture. Some buses are far longer than others, and some far shorter. City buses are the shorter variety. You know, the bus ride from MLK Boulevard to the Piggly Wiggly for a 40-ouncer and a pack of smokes. But there are bus rides that are long distance. You know, You're moving a few dozen kilos of powder up from the southern border to the east coast. These Greyhound bus rides can be 10 or 20 hours. Can you imagine being on a Greyhound bus for that much time? Picture this. A couple preparing for an 18-hour bus ride from the Bronx to Miami. Imagine trying to prepare for that. People do it every day. How in the hell would a person ever prepare for 18 hours on a bus. I'm seriously bumming myself out about this, imagining the human awfulness of that. I know the Holocaust is the most awful thing that's ever happened in the history of humankind, but 18 hours on a Greyhound bus down to Miami has to rank up there. How would somebody prepare physically, mentally, bladdery for that kind of torture? In an attempt to quantify just how awful 18 hours on a Greyhound bus would actually be, I guess a good place to start is looking at the equivalent journey flying. Certainly there are long-ass plane trips. New York City to Melbourne, Australia, Australia that is, not Florida, or Atlanta to Hong Kong, gotta be 20 hours, right? Now, if you don't throw a clot in your leg from sitting that long, There are things that can make any long flight tolerable. Cocktails brought to your seat, food, snacks, a TV with movies and shows, and a hot flight attendant with an Aussie accent. 
Can we sidebar for a second? That bossy accent on a woman kills me. Seriously, I'm powerless against it. Put that accent on a seven, even a drunk seven, and it jumps right up to a nine. Aussie women, I find them to be super attractive, which is weird since they descended from the English. So killing 20 hours on a plane is a lot different than killing 20 hours on a Greyhound bus. On a plane, I have a strategy for such long flights, and it involves misusing anti-anxiety medicine. Here's what I do to make those long flights tolerable. I get a window seat, I take two Xanax, and I knock back two rum and Cokes. It's money. Trust me. There's no keeping your eyes open. Even the farts of your neighbors on that plane will not break your pharmaceutically induced slumber. And honestly, there's nothing nastier than airplane farts. Seriously, dog farts, they're a distant second. But 20 hours on a Greyhound bus cross country, how in the hell would a person prepare for that? How many senses do we humans have, five? We've got smell, hearing, eyesight, taste, and touch. All of those will be offended on a 20-hour Greyhound bus ride. So my preparation would be for this unspeakably horrific cross-country bus ride. I would, I would numb all of those senses. All five of those senses would be numbed is how I would prepare. Here's how I would imagine those five senses would be violated on a cross-country Greyhound bus. Hearing. You know your ears are going to be assaulted by loud Spanish speaking on the bus. Eyesight. Have you ever seen people that ride Greyhound buses? Touch. Having a stranger press themselves on your person is unavoidable on a cross-country bus ride when you're packed in so tightly. Taste. You can literally taste the disinfectant spray they use in the toilet in the back of the bus and smell. Well, it's 60 people shoulder to shoulder for 20 hours. You don't think someone's going to break wind or unwrap a tuna fish sandwich or pop the top off a bucket of fried chicken? All of your senses will be offended. But I think I have a solution about how to prepare for such a long ride on a Greyhound. I would pay much closer attention in school. Yeah. In fact, if you've got kids and you want to give them two amazing real-life experiences to keep them on the straight and narrow, take them to an emergency room on a Saturday night and for a bus ride in any city. You remember the TV documentary Scared Straight, the 70s real-life movie or mini-documentary where they cursed on primetime broadcast TV? It was a documentary about juvenile delinquents that were sent to a real prison to spend a day in real prison with real prisoners. These skinny, pimple-faced teens that somehow had strayed off of the path of just and lawfulness are spent to, stay, spent to spend a day with real hardened prisoners in the hope that they will literally be too scared to ever commit another crime for fear of ending up in this hellhole. The prisoners on this TV show or movie were not the Andy Dufresne types, i.e. Tim Robbins and Shawshank Redemption. These are not gentlemen who got locked up for some white collar infraction. These guys in Scared Straight were more like the guys in the HBO show Oz, 
like Schilling and Adebisi, guys that would eat your face off and spit it back at you. Anyhow, take your teenager to an ER on a Saturday night and look to see what walks in the door and what gets wheeled in or dropped at the doors. It's a steady stream of alcohol and drug-related accidents, victims of crime, guys in fights, domestic issues, there's cops, there's confusion, there's yelling, there's tons of pathetic human drama. Your teenager will learn a hell of a lot after 45 minutes in a city ER on a Saturday night. Everything you told your kids to be fearful of plays out in a big city ER every Friday and Saturday night. Telling your kids not to do drugs is one thing, but when they see toothless meth heads strapped to a gurney yelling out for pain meds, it's a lot more relevant and real to them. The other teenager field trip I might suggest for a little real life sobriety is a ride on a city bus. Kids are not stupid. Kids know shitty when they see shitty. There's no amount of lipstick that you could possibly put on this pig to doll it up. It's a lesson to a teenager about what the future could become. No one on that city bus, when they were a teacher, would have guessed that they would have someday been on that bus. You think the guy wearing the tinfoil hat sitting on the bus was thinking at 15 years old, someday I want to grow up and wait in the rain for a bus to take me to group therapy. Or the fat lady with blue hair wearing the tank top that shows off a runny faded rose tap tattoo on the back of her and her neck. You think she imagined someday that she would be grabbing life by the horns riding on that city bus? The human arc of success is often just as unpredictable as the arc of failure. Now look, I understand that some dudes and chicks have all the benefits. Good families, good neighborhoods, good schools, places to worship. Some people have safety nets, even trust funds. Yeah, it's tough to screw that up, but many do. I've known guys that have come from elite families that ended up sticking a gun in their mouth and pulling the trigger. I've known guys that come from nothing and also stuck a gun in their mouth and pulled the trigger. Yeah, it wasn't as nice a gun. So if I was taking the bus on a cross-country ride from New York to LA and I wasn't a drug mule, I would want to prepare as much as possible or consider other options. I might consider hitchhiking as a viable option to a Greyhound bus. I might risk death by serial killer from hitchhiking than 20 hours on a Greyhound. You know what form of travel is also just as horrific? Cruising. Not the Fire Island type of cruising, but the cruise ship type, the Carnival Cruise Lines of the world, the Royal Caribbeans of the world. You know, floating cities, 4,000 people crammed into a seafaring vessel with its own skating rink, movie theater, and casino. I'm not a guy that worries about COVID or germs or pukey stomach bugs that will make you wish for death. So if I dump on the cruise business, which I'm about to unload a giant steamer onto the cruise ship industry, it's not because of fear of COVID. I've taken a handful of cruises in my time. Most of the cruises that I've taken have embarked from the port of Spanish-speaking employees. 
also known as the Port of Miami. Holy moly. You want to be in these United States of America and feel like you're in Central America? Miami is the place for you. Do you know you can live in Miami, live quite well, and not speak a word of English? Ever? In the Banana Republic of Miami, Florida, you can go to Spanish stores, go to Spanish-speaking doctors and restaurants that hablo espanol, watch TV stations in Spanish, conduct business in Spanish. It's truly an amazing and awesome country we live in. That said, Miami is awful. I don't mean the Miami where you blow into town for a week vacay and turn your white skin beet red on the beach. I mean the Miami where one has to live. Miami for a weekend? Sure. All day long. Miami to live? Yeah, I'd rather live on a Greyhound bus that's in a continuous loop from Houston to Chicago. Miami is so awful. I'd rather live in, I don't know, what's a really shitty and awful place? Oh yeah, Portland. I'd rather live in Portland than Miami. So I've taken a few cruises out of Miami. Not the infamous Swingers cruise. You know about that one, right? Oh, you don't? You don't know about the famous Swingers cruise? Check this out. There is a cruise ship that gets repurposed and is used to host a Swingers cruise. You know, a cruise where couples go to screw other couples. Seriously, Swingers literally take over this cruise ship for a week. For 51 weeks out of the year, it's a perfectly ordinary cruise ship taking families, couples, and seniors out to sea for a perfectly pleasant vacation. But, but on that 52nd week when the swingers commandeer that cruise ship, the SS family fun turns into the SS fistfucker, where the salty seaman is not a peg-legged old man. On that one week a year, ahoy, matey, becomes any hole, matey, where in deep water becomes just in deep where all hands on deck becomes all hands on dick. Where run a tight ship becomes run and tighten it around my nip. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not supposed to laugh at my own material. Can you imagine what happens on that ship? Even a Roman orgy would blush. If I was a deckhand on the SS Lube and I was told to swab the deck, I would first put on a hazmat suit. Is there enough bleach in the world to spray down the floors, walls, and ceilings of that ship after a week at sea with the swingers? The chances of getting COVID on your fingertips is far less than getting some swingers DNA. But COVID is public enemy number one, not some creeps dry jizz. The number of health violations that must occur on the swingers cruise would certainly rival an 80s San Francisco bathhouse. You know those ubiquitous pool towels laying around every poolside chair of every cruise, the ones provided by the cruise ship company? On the swingers cruise, those poor, poor towels get used nonstop to wipe up all the human goo wherever it splats. Imagine if those towels could talk. Of course, they'd be weeping and not talking. The human equivalent of those pool towels is a catatonic person slowly rocking back and forth in a non-communicative stupor. Yet as disgusting as a swingers cruise sounds, they serve food on a swingers cruise. 
I bet that's a hungry group. What would you even serve on a ship full of swingers? Foods rich in vitamin E, I imagine. Oysters, of course. I picture the usual cafeteria-style food service. You know, you get your tray and you slide it along as you go, past the salads and soups, past the lunch entree, past the condoms and lube, past the desserts, and then you pay the cashier, step over the couple copulating on the floor, and hope to find a non-sticky seat. So what I'm saying is, you meet all different types of people on city buses. Most of them derelicts, druggies, and the deranged. And if you find yourself on a city bus, you are there because you have no better transportation options. I have, however, seen grown men in bad neighborhoods riding children's bikes. Children's bikes. I swear to you that just two days ago, I saw a black guy riding a small pink girl's bike. That is not a sight you forget easily. I was with my lady sipping a latte and she spun a very nice yarn about this grown man riding a petite pink bike. She said that the man was bringing his daughter's bike to her. But why was he riding it, I queried. Because he got tired of walking the pink bike, she offered. Then why is he mumbling to no one in particular, I pressed. Because he's on his Bluetooth on a conference call, she answers. Man, I wish I saw the world like that. Seriously, in my head, this homeless dude just stole a pink bike to score some smack. But my lady's reality was all rainbows and unicorns. Just a loving father bringing his daughter her bike in the middle of a busy workday. And at that moment, I realized what an awful human being I really am. In some days, in some ways, I wish I did see the world through rose-colored glasses where I always saw the good and never the bad. If I could always see the good in a situation, it would help tremendously. If I had to ride on a bus or if I accidentally boarded the wrong cruise ship and found myself dodging human DNA arcing through the air in my direction, I'm gonna to try to see things positively. I'm gonna to try to be a better person, not so judgmental about bus riders, swingers, and grown men riding little pink bikes. Or maybe I won't. Hey, thanks for listening to me, Ryan Hercules on the Idiot's Toolbox. Send me your love, send me your hate, send it all to Idiot's Toolbox Podcast at Gmail. See ya!